Thank you for listening to the Ace Jewelers podcast. This is an episode of The Ace List Live. This podcast has been recorded live during a live stream, which was broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. This is an audio-only version of that recording. Vincent, good morning. Good morning. How are you, my friend? Like a Friday morning with a good coffee. I'm happy to see you. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit with me. I know you're extremely busy. You guys are rocking the world with origin, and I'm very proud that Ace and Team Ace can add a little bit to it. Thank, Thank you. you for being the first guest of season three already of the Ace List Live. Um, we were a bit reluctant to uh, start a new season, but our loyal fan base asked for it. So here we are. I'm very happy you are the first to sit down with me. We've been working behind the scenes now since last autumn very actively on something that I'm very, very passionate about. So I was adamant to have you as the first guest on our show because the Origin Foundation, which is a DAO, D-A-O, it's a Swiss foundation with its verticals and ACE is working with Origin Luxury. And probably we'll get questions about that because people get confused. There was a press release that we announced that ACE Jewelers is going to mint authenticity certificates by Origin for wristwatches very soon. Um, so I was adamant to have you on the show before we go live so we can at, answer all the questions that the watch collectors are having. Thank you, my coffee just arrived. <laughs> I, I, I need to get back into the swing of things uh, with the ACE list. Um, I also forgot to turn off my phone, which I'm doing now. So my dear viewers, Vincent Peria is a living legend in the watch industry. Although he was very, very important for the success of Technomarine and those that are watching right now and remember the super funky, cool watch brand where you had transparent silicone colored straps and case guards. Remember, we sold bucket loads of them. I actually did not meet you there. Um, we met... Uh, I heard about you when you were responsible for Conco, where you launched an amazing watch, which I believe was called the C1. That's right, C1. That yeah. was amazing. And then you rocked the world with HYT watches, which I'm very happy that has been relaunched, together with our mutual friend Davide Serrato, who was on the show last year as well. So cool things happening there. But what is mind-blowing is origin. It's, I called it the killer app, and I suggest we dive in deeper what it is, what you guys do uh, after the standard seven, the ace list questions. Um, for those that don't have the patience to watch this long episode, because I get complaints, the shows are too long, but I'm sorry, we do quality, so we have to go in depth. Very briefly, Origin is the killer app, it's the one and only software out there where the product, the luxury product, is the source of authentication. Origin authenticates with ACE wristwatches, makes an NFT, a utility NFT, as a token on the blockchain, and there it's guaranteed and anonymous. We'll dive in deeper. Tell me if I did the pitch wrong, Vincent. I'm still getting the hang of it. Um, the tradition on the show is before we do anything, we always start with a wrist check. What are you wearing today? Oh, <clears throat> well, I guess you, you already have seen it. Uh, it's the, the Royal Oak, the blue dyed edition from the boutique, uh, from Audemars Piguet. Um, and just because I'm, a, I'm a big, the biggest fan I've been lucky enough to start my watch career uh, at Audemars Piguet in 1995. 
the, the funny story is that I started the same day that Francois Benamia. So Francois mm. and I started the, the exact same day on a Monday morning. It was in 20. January 20, uh, 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 1995. Amazing. And, um, and I was in charge of marketing for five, about five years. And, uh, and since then, I've been connected to, uh, to the brand, uh, I would say, forever. So, yeah. So, but it's not the only watch that I have, but this one, I, I cannot like it. Yeah, I love it. Amazing, amazing. So I even forgot to mention that indeed that that's uh, also where you were uh, active. Um, I put on my sterling silver Tudor Black Bay 58. And that's for a special reason because it will patinate and it's a soft metal. So it will ding and dent more. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell later on why I've worn this watch for the show today because we got a lot of questions after we uh, had an amazing article published about our partnership on Fratello watches, mm -hmm. but later more. We want to learn more about Vincent. Um, by the way, the, the questions are flooding in and comments. Good morning, Melvin. Thank you for joining. Um, somebody on LinkedIn says, hi team. Rocky is here. He has the world record of watching every episode live and asking questions. So watch out. He'll send very, very good questions. Good morning, Daniel. And then we have ooh, many, many good questions. So get ready. And this is origin number one, Jody. Guys, make sure to meet Jody when she comes to Amsterdam to install the origin boxes. We're going to do some minting parties. So Jody will be there. And watch out, she's a killer, killer app, killer lady. Um, first question, Vincent. What watch and or jewel is your favorite and why? Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of two, uh, of, of two brands. It's not about the product itself, it's really the brands. It's, uh, as I said before, the Marpiguet, the reason is just because I started working in the watch industry at AP and and I, I've been always close to, uh, to the family, the owner of Audemars Piguet, and, and obviously now Francois and so on. So my, my, my connection is a, is a very long-lasting connection, even uh, including at HYT, uh, we, we have been working with Audemars Piguet, Renault Papi, which is APRP for the movements, for the mechanical movements. So that, that's a long-lasting story. Um, so, you know, it's, it's purely emotional, and, and I think the design is absolutely outstanding. And it's sporty and, and, and a lot of things. And, and the second brand that I'm, I'm the biggest fan as well is uh, Rich, Rich and Meal, mm -hmm. because I, I, know, I know the gentleman and, I, and I've really followed the story uh, from the beginning, from the early stage of the brand. And I've been always like very much in love with the spirits, um, with the, uh, the Formula One spirits, with uh, the, this product, uh, you know, like, craziness you know like to go much deeper and the change of paradigm because if you remember in the 2000 in the early 2000 uh it was to to have money was all about having something solid and something strong and something heavy it's really the late 90s we still had like this um you know in in asia in the us in europe or it was all about the weight so something very heavy on your wrist means that you have a lot of money so it's gold and stuff like that and then this guy came and said no. <laughs> and it became all about titanium, all about carbon, carbon fiber, and all those materials. And he's really the one that really changed that um, almost kind of attitude uh, uh, towards the, 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 the watch, the, the watch industry. And um, he's a visionary. And, and now, as we all know, the, the, the brand is, is absolutely you know, rocking. It's more than a billion Swiss francs, a billion dollars uh, turnover. And it's just the beginning, I guess. So yeah. Uh, and, and again, and again, group of friends, because I know Adama at the back end invests. Renault Papi also helps. So you guys are one clan of genius watchmakers. Amazing. Cool to hear. Thank you for sharing that. Next question. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, this one is easy. Because, uh, because I have another life before I became, uh, became uh, you know, like this, decided to go in the watch industry. Uh, my other life from uh, the age of, I would say, 10 years old, which is really, really young, I, I, I was a DJ uh, and, um, you know, like 
mixing, producing sound, producing uh, commercial, producing branding for radio stations. And, and, and that has been my, uh, my passion for more than 10 years, from the age of 10 up to the age of 25. So it's like 15 years of, you know, doing this, almost only this. And at the age of 18, when I finished my schools, uh, my commercial school, my first job was in fact, I, I dropped everything and I became like a, uh, one of the directors of a, of a radio station in Switzerland, which cool. became number one in, uh, in, on the French parts of Switzerland, which is a small country in a small um, population anyway. So it, it, everything is small in, in Switzerland. Well, half, half of uh, Netherlands, I would say, about in, in terms of population. Anyway, so I, I've done this for, for 10, 15 years as, um, as passion, as a passion, and then as a job, because I became professional from the age of 18 up to 24, 20, 24, 25. And then, and then I grew up into the, the marketing communication world uh, in New York, in Geneva, and then I shifted to, uh, to Ode Mapige by just chance, by coincidence, because I was not at all, uh, uh, you know, like uh, into the watch industry thing. And I'm not at all. My, my, my father was a surgeon. Uh, and so I have nothing to do with the watch industry. Basically, uh, it's not in the family. That's, that's the point. It's interesting that you say that because that maybe helped you all your watch career by always making things out of the ordinary, always breaking the conventional. Look at Technomarine. Look at um, uh, 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 the C1 you created for a traditional brand. Although well, Concord was yeah. groundbreaking with the delirium in the 70s. No, it's uh, true. When, when, when we, when we, it's funny because when uh, I came, uh, when I came back to the watch industry because I had a break, uh, I, I created my own agency in Paris for five years, like consulting agency with about 20 people in Taiwan, New York, and in Paris, uh, and in Geneva. And uh, so I came back to the watch industry by being the, the CEO of Concorde. But at that moment, you know, right now it's strange because Concorde is almost disappeared. You know, it's not, in the, it's not in, the, in the radar. But I remember when I, when I took uh, Concorde, Concorde was really for the, the old, pa, old, 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 old dad. You know, it's like really, really dusty. Uh, yellow gold, um, very oldish thing, you know, like uh, with a lot of dust on it. And, and MGI, so Movado Group in the US, wanted to rejuvenate the brand. And, and you know, it, it's really like a nightmare job when you, when you think about it at the beginning, because there was nothing, not even like a team. It was completely like zero, ground zero. And, and it's, but on the, on the other side, because it was ground zero, they gave me the keys and they say, you know what, just take care of it. Come with a budget, come with an idea and we will we'll go for it. And so we, we hired a team. Everybody thought that I was totally crazy to take the job because Concord was really, really at that moment, nothing. And, and we just flipped the, the brand completely. We went back to the DNA, uh, how it started like uh, back in the, in, in the 50s and so on and so on. And we just recreated something based on the DNA with a new interpretation. And honestly, in, uh, that was in 2006 and seven. Of course, the watch industry was also extremely booming. Huh? So the trend was extremely positive. But we, from almost nothing, we created a brand of about 30, 35 million of business just in a year time. What was completely crazy. So, yeah, it was very, I love uh, coming you know, I, I couldn't work for Rolex or for brands that are so, uh, you know, incredible, so there, so long lasting uh, for uh, centuries that my added value will be stupid and, uh, and not re relevant. Um, but when it comes to something new or something that you need to, you know, like disrupt and change, this is where, this is where it's fun. And this is where... From now on, I'm calling you Vincent Rebel Peria. That's your new nickname. Um, but, but it's interesting because we see a pattern here. AYT was groundbreaking, the first uh, mechanical fluid systems. People that don't know it, Google it. HYT watches. It's amazing. It's been paused, but it's back. And then, and then the next step in the revolutioning of industries is origin. And we're going to come back to that later. Um, in the time being, comments are flooding in. The OG, OG, watch journalist specialist. Bernard is here. Good morning, Bernard. Thank you for joining. 
um, Loran, which we'll see next week, by the way, talking about music, Vincent. Next week, I'm seeing you in Geneva physically. I want to see your Spotify list. I want to bring you to uh, the ADE, so the Amsterdam Dance uh, event, if you're such a famous DJ. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a famous DJ anymore, but I, I was kind of cool like in, uh, in, the, late, in the late 80s. You're, you're, you're still like cool. Me. You're still cool. You're, you joined the bold men hair club, so uh, cool. the cool dudes. Um, third question. Who is or was your role model or multiple role models? Oh, um, you know, when you when you reach 50 years old, then you you become a little bit more mature. And, and maybe that question is not that relevant anymore. But but I'm going to answer because I think it depends uh, the age. I, I would say in, the, in my 20s, that is for sure. Um, that's a gentleman um, that he's not in the watch industry, but that's a gentleman that one day told me when I was working in an in advertising agency in Geneva, he said, Vincent, don't go back to university because I wanted to go back again to university. He said, go uh, in New York. We're going to have like an internship for you, but don't go to the university. You've got uh, that potential of life of, of going, you know, like in the markets and, and do it by yourself. Don't go back to studies. That's, that's what he said. And, and I think honestly, knowing myself now, I think he was right. And his name is Philippe Boissonna. He's a Geneva gentleman that is a, a close friend of mine. And that I don't see uh, enough, I would say, and and then then it's definitely in the in the when I was in my 30s, in the early 30s, that was definitely uh, Mr. Hayek, uh, <clears throat> Mr. Hayek Senior, who uh, after Audemars Piguet uh, wanted to see me. Um, I had that meeting, uh, crazy meeting at 6:30 or 7 o'clock in the evening, and uh, and the uh, secretary told me. Well, Mr. Payer, no, nobody sees Mr. Hayek, honestly, but he wants to see you. So, but it's going to be a 10, 15 minutes discussion. And I came and obviously it took two hours and, and we, we were very close during that. Those two hours it was crazy because during those two hours, he was smoking his cigar and he said, okay, come on board, come to Swatch Group. And I say, yeah, okay, great. But, but my dream is to go back again abroad. So I wanted to go back to Asia or back to, to the US whatsoever. And he said, okay. And he took literally his phone and he was calling the CEOs of the different brands to see if there was some, you know, like opportunities. And, uh, and, and it ended up by going back to New York, uh, working for Hamilton, where the project was to bring the company back to the US, uh, to, uh, to Switzerland, the head office. And the job was to relaunch, reposition and move the headquarters back to Switzerland. So it was a, a great job. And, and that relationship was, in, you know, it's always, a, I mean, for me, it has been a love and hate um, uh, relationship. Uh, I, you know, the guy is a ge- was a genius, but it was also on the other side, like a nightmare, uh, very difficult to handle and so on and so on. But when you are like 30, you take this, you know, you eat this and you learn. And that's what I've done. So when you reach 50 years old, then you become more, um, you know, more, you know, solid in the way and, and you've got your own uh, ideas, your own philosophy, your own vision. So you don't need any more of those role models. They, they made you, literally, but it becomes a bit less important. But I would say, yes, Mr. Hayek, when I was in my early 30s. Amazing. I didn't know that story. So it's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing. I had the honor to meet him also on two occasions with all his watches. The day he passed, I made a tribute picture for him. I put also four watches on each arm. Let me flip the question on you then. Um, although I think I'm too young to be a coach and mentor, I do that because I've been asked and I had the honor to do old, young students and whatever. Do you mentor currently? Um, I mean, the answer is yes, but it's short things. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, when someone sends me a resume, sends me uh, a question, and I can tell you honestly, it's crazy. It's like it's like uh, every hour there is like a new thing. So I'm always redirecting the people. I'm always like spending. It depends the words that the people are using. It depends the subject. But uh, yeah, I, I would say that I, I probably I, I, I'm investing probably three, a good three hours per week with um, with non-important meetings. You know, like so, where there is nothing for me. 
if I may say. Mm -hmm. But where I give on the other side, mm -hmm. so I'm just and sometimes it's completely outside of origin. You know, it can yeah. be you know like someone wants to have some advices and things like that. Like yeah, just like just literally like two days ago, I spent like my, a morning that finally could become something for origin. But yep. I was not at all the intention, and I've spent like a, a good two hours with uh, interesting people. So, right. yeah, so I, I do that. I, yeah, I, I asked this question. Yeah, I asked this question because what I like is well, we connected also. I met you the first time at H2, and we connected immediately and always stayed in touch. And the, the day you sent the teaser for Origin, I was hooked, and I told you I want to be part of this uh, journey. But because you said you took the unusual route. Of career and success and and that's why i think you could be an interesting mentor because you come from the creative side music you went corporate and then entrepreneur and you continually break the convention that's why i asked but thank you for sharing for yeah, questions it's 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 just just one thing it's funny because every time it was going great for me and I can give you three moments where it was going great. And it's not always the case. You know, it, it, sometimes it, it, it went not great for me. But the three, three times where it went great for me, I left the company after exactly five years. It's my, you know, Audemars Piguet five years and I left. And I could have stayed there forever. I will still be there. Uh, I left Swatch Group. And I could be there because Mr. Hayek wanted to give me like a brand in Switzerland. So, but I left. I couldn't. I couldn't stand um, a too big organization like this. And, and HYT, after five years, when we've done the first part, the first job, that like launching, bringing the ID and, and doing the marketing stuff, then I left. Okay, and now I'm back kind of because I'm the chairman of the new HYT because I couldn't stay, uh, I couldn't leave the brand like this, uh, you know, like that. So we just reactivated the brand now. But yeah. Just to add this this point. Can we conclude you have ADD? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no <laughs> idea. And I think Probably. you get you you're either get bored easily or you're a thrill seeker. But we'll come to that later. In the time being, um, a lot of comments are flowing in. Ole says, good question. Very interesting discussion, guys. Thank you, Ole, for joining. Thank you for the feedback keep them coming david uh, has a emo uh, emoji good vibes thank you abdul great watch collector from germany good to see you thank you for joining us i see you posted some more questions but i'm keeping the in-depth questions for the end guys for the freestyle q a going back to the seven questions i am you see i'm absorbing vincent's add i'm all over the place um Vincent, if you could teleport tomorrow, where would you go? I would hope that you asked me the, the teleports to yesterday. Okay. No, 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 it's okay. No, because I'm a, I'm a big, uh, you know, my wife always tells me that I'm a big nostalgic. So I'm always like, you know. I, you can travel back in time. Well, I travel back in time. I would definitely go back. Where in would you go? What time? What age? Where would you oh. go? Oh, I would, I would, I would be ten years old uh, in Neuchâtel, my home, my hometown, and uh, you know, it, it's it's a it's a part of my life right now where I lost my father like a year ago. You know, I lost a lot right. of different people, and so you know, I'm a, I'm a bit you know like connected to great memories, but very positive memories, huh? very good stuff, very good vibe, and so I'm more like about this. But the future, well, will be space. That's for sure. Uh, will be space. You know, that's. I think this is a dream, a dream. Like every boy, certainly the boys are maybe like this. You know, like where you you you'd like to know more about. You know, what is next? What what's after? You know, and what's the true story about this space and and in the universe and and all those questions are incredibly interesting. And um, the only problem is you don't know if you could push the button to go forward you know would you go 20 you know like in a hundred years from now would you go in a thousand years from now would you go in in a million years from now that's interesting I, no I, I i ever since i'm a kid i also love the space race and i've been absorbed by this time travel concept but uh i think we can fill a whole episode about it, so let's park it at that i love that you take this passion and infuse it into the new chapter of hyt because it's also space oriented um, did you see the Netflix documentary about Musk? No, but I keep hearing about it and I didn't see Good. it yet. 
Yeah, I'm I'm I am a fan of him, but I don't admire him, but I think he's amazing. Sometimes a nutter, but interesting what he's doing with Twitter. But that documentary about SpaceX shows his long-term vision and that it's really a passion project and the defeats he had to get where he is. So that was interesting. So I recommend that to you and all the viewers. Um fifth question. What book are you currently reading? And if you're not, what made an impact on you recently? Oh, it's it's boring stuff because the thing is that um, uh, I have no much time to to really read. When I have time, I prefer to watch a good uh, a good movie with my kids. Remember, I've got five boys, five wow. kids, so the weekend are pretty busy. Um, books, um, the re- the more the, the the book that I'm reading, uh, or I just I just finished. Like I'm reading all about technology, so it was it's a book again about blockchain just to go a bit deeper than the first surface uh, of blockchain and what uh, a blockchain can, how blockchain will change uh, our economy and probably the way we work, the, 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 the way we trade, the, the way we, we bank and so on and so on. So that, that is the, that's the real thing because I think it's changing the world for the next 10 to 20 years as much as website, web has changed the world in the, in the early, early 90s. So what's the name of the book, Vincent? Well, it's in French. Uh, it is. It's called. The one I'm reading here is "Blockchain vers de nouvelles chaînes de valeur," new value chain. It's one of those books which you know, but it's a deep one which goes much uh, deeper than just technology. Mm-hmm. It's really about the way it will probably change the way we do trade uh, and so on. It's, it's really interesting because it goes much deeper than just the, the tech the tech side of it. Amazing. I uh, had a holiday a few weeks ago, so I had time to catch up also on reading. And I read Scary Smart by Mo Govdat, okay. which I highly recommend because I read a lot about singularity and that keeps me busy. Um, and because everybody was referring back to 1984 by George Orwell and all these books that I'm reading about the future, I pulled it off the shelves again and read that one again. So, <laughs> But I, I highly recommend Scary Smart to you. Yeah. Sixth question. Since you still produce watches indirectly and you guys use a lot of colors in all the origin logos, what do you think is going to be the color of 23? Talking about the future. Yeah, uh, well, it, it depends on, on many things. Well, I think I think COVID is almost behind, hopefully. Well, it's not the case in, in Asia or in China for sure, but um, for some, you know, like political reasons they didn't didn't want to go for the such vaccine and now they are late so but it's going to be okay i guess this summer um i'm, I'm talking about covid and, and of course about ukraine because it's all about the spirits and the people will want probably if everything goes better than it is right now uh we we all almost sure that people will go for bright and 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 shiny colors so like you know back from to to the the the, the red or, or orange or you know like strong color statements because people want to have fun people want to uh, you know like to do some fun things so i think it's going to be a, a, about those type of colors that's that's just a guess uh, with our discussion with the creative people that i have sometime mm-hmm. so you think the trend that we see now all these rainbow colors and whatever will continue well the it's funny that you refer to rainbow because, uh, as you can see, uh, the foundation logo of Origin is, is yeah. using the rainbow, and, exactly. and it's uh, it's a funny. The funny thing is that we we use rainbow because, in fact, we've got a few companies below Origin Foundation, and those companies are using different colors. So, like uh, L- Origin Luxury is red, or, yeah. or Origin Art is yellow. So, yeah. so the idea is obvious when it comes to the foundation level, which is the you know, on, on the top of this, then we use all the colors together and they are, you know, all, you know, the family colors from uh, the different brands we have. Yeah. So, so we, that's, by the way, that's a safe choice to go rainbow because you, you use everything. So that's, that's easy. It's safe, but it's also bold. So it shows you're not conventional and traditional. So that's cool. Yeah. Last question. Have you ever been to Amsterdam? And if so, <laughs> what's your favorite memory? Of course, I've been living in Amsterdam. No way. And- yeah, but only for two months, so it's not a big thing. I, I've been trying to learn Dutch because my ex-wife is Dutch, yeah. and uh, and so she was living in Amsterdam. And my kids, my three of my five kids are Dutch. Yeah, 
And uh, so I wanted to, you know, give it a chance and, and get a little bit of, of Dutch. And, uh, you know, when I was like 25, I would say that I, I kind of like was okay with Dutch. I, would, I could at least understand this, the discussion. And so, yeah, so I, you know, I'm a biggest fan of Amsterdam. I'm truly a big, big fan. I've been there like about 20, 25 times, really. Amazing. And uh, so, I, you know, every, everything, I, I love the people. I love the party, the party thing that the DNA is all about this in Amsterdam. And, and I love those, you know, channels with the water. It's, it's so cool and so romantic as well. So it's, it's such a combination of a small city also. It's not a, the, the big city. So you, you have all that mix of things which makes Amsterdam so cool. So cool. Amazing. Amazing. Now I understand why you uh, curse me in Dutch all the time when I say something that's out of the box. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, amazing. So these were the seven questions. Um, let's see if uh, the comments... Uh, Abdul also read 1984. He says, amazingly scary read, especially in these times. I read out all the comments, Vincent, because uh, besides that this video will be uh, embedded and uploaded later, we also post it as a podcast audio only. Um, okay, a lot of technical questions, guys. So, Vincent. Let's dive into origin and deep. Yep. How the hell did you come up with this idea? And what is it? I gave a quick intro and elevator pitch. Please give us the real deal now. So let me, let me start where, where I started. It, it's multiple angles. We are three co-founders at Origin. Um, Jan Boxler, who is Swiss from Neuchâtel. Uh, Mike Schwartz, who is uh, Australian, but lives in Los Angeles, and me, um, basically in Switzerland, from Neuchâtel as well, technically. And we've got the three co-founders have a story connected to the authentication or to the counterfeiting. And, and that's, that's, <clears throat> this is how it started, in fact, uh, where we met and we say, okay, let's do that together. Let me give you let me give you my uh, my story uh, on my side. Uh, so, I, as as an Audemars Piguet marketing director, I was the guy uh, in charge of like you know like tracing um, and giving the authentication card or the warranty card that goes with every watch that you sell. So that's as a marketing person, my job was to make sure that the environment of the watch when you sell it is is appropriate. But we are in the nineties. Web internet is already there, but uh, and so direct marketing is starting. Uh, but then the, I remember that the race was really about having already in the 90s was to get the email address of those people buying in order Piguet. But at that time, AP was not controlling distribution. There was no boutique. There was not even like an affiliate. It was all about distribution. So we didn't control um, the relationship with the end consumer. Uh, anyway, my, my uh, quest to uh, the authentication has started in the, in the mid-90s. And, uh, and the funny story is that it started with François Benamias, who is now the CEO of Adama Piguet. This is how, on my side, it started. And, uh, and then I follow up the, the last 20, 25 years of like, different in innovation or tech or, or marketing concepts to, you know, to... Uh, at least give a sense of authenticity of a product. That you, we have to understand one thing. When you buy a watch at Ace, or when you buy a watch at the Patek Philippe boutique, mm -hmm. you know, because you know Ace, you know, we know Alan, or we know Patek, the boutique, you don't really care about the, uh, uh, the authenticity because you know it's authentic, because you trust the people behind, okay? And that has been like this, for many, many, many years, for decades and decades. However, in the last 10, 15 years, we have seen the marketplaces. We have seen yeah. internet and online di digital sales. Yeah. And that is changing the game because suddenly you buy a watch from a secondary market or even new that you, where you don't know the person in front of you. And you need to make sure that what you buy is authentic. So it's completely different. And that's new. That was not the case in the 90s or in the 80s. It became the case in the 20, 2010, 2015, with the, the, the growth of, of marketplaces. And it's only the beginning. 
And as you have seen, and I'm sure, Aaron, you know that because we discussed this, the volume of business from the Swiss watch industry is now lower than the secondary market. Yeah. So we sell more watches on, on the secondhand level than on the primary market. And that means that when someone goes to you, Alan, and buys a Rolex, it, in statistics, there is 40% chance that the gentleman or the lady will one day resell the watch. Yeah. And therefore, 40%, it's huge. And it's probably only the beginning. That means that she or he needs to have like a good paper or a good system that prove the authenticity of the product, okay? And today, I don't have the numbers, but it's probably 50 or 60, 70% are still giving a piece of paper to prove the authenticity of the product. And some of the brands we all know here are using a bit a, a better technology. So they're using a plastic card with a QR code or a barcode, what you scan and it goes and it tells you, yeah, the watch is authentic but it's a plastic watch that tells you that the watch is authentic or it's a piece of paper. Now, Alan, you are in Amsterdam and I'm, I am in Switzerland. You sell a watch to me. I don't know you, you don't know me. How the hell I know that the QR code you're using is authentic? Probably, yes, it's a true, it's a true QR code, but it doesn't mean that you have the watch next to you. No, absolutely no. And I can tell you because we know it for a fact because we're working with a lot of different brands here in Switzerland, the business of fake QR code, the business of fake plastic cards or the fake paper is crazy. They catch people selling fake QR code. And again, if you buy the watch at Audemars Piguet boutique, no problem, you know it's authentic. But when you sell it, that's the problem. Because, or when you buy it on the secondary markets, you, you need to make sure that what you buy is authentic. The product, not any proxy. I'll tell you an additional that story. Been, that has been the headache for, for years and years. And what has happened as well, I got called by a major Swiss brand. Alon, why the hell am I finding all your watches in tier three stores in China sold by you? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I don't drop ship to Asia, blah, 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 because e-com for some brands is only EU or Europe. Yeah. So I said, send me the warranty cards. They made not only fake warranty card, we put stickers with silver foil, la, 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 almost hologram, not really, but holographic. Yeah. They faked our stamps, our stickers, our, the retailer. So we're a small retailer and they faked our warranty stickers. So it's crazy. So that's why I'm so much passionate about origin. So, okay. So you told us why you came up with the idea and then. Yeah. So, so we knew one thing. Uh, I mean, we, a lot of people know that, that the only moment. And, and I think, Alan, you were a perfect example of that, that type of people that you understand what we said, we said, as long as we don't prove the authenticity of the product itself, there will be always a weak link. Today, I give you two examples, okay? Two examples. You buy a Cartier watch, Place Vendôme in Paris. We are in 2022, we go to Mars, but you still have a piece of paper that says you, you congratulations, you just purchased a Cartier watch, da, 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 da. Imagine, 2022, it's a piece of paper. Another example, so it means that it's what I described before. Another example today, you buy, and I, I'm sh I, I think that you are selling Breitling at, uh, at, you know, at Ace. Breitling is maybe one of the good examples of a company that goes much longer into that authenticity system. They're using, uh, 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 but they're using a proxy. They're using Ethereum, uh, a blockchain, a Ethereum blockchain to put the information on a blockchain. Nice, nice. I have nothing wrong with that. You know, it's great because we know the blockchain is decentralized information that you cannot hack. Fine. But what is the point if you are putting a fake QR code or something wrong on the blockchain? I mean, my kids at the age of nine years old, they understand that as long as you don't prove the authenticity of the product itself, it's useless. 
it's I'm going to pause you now. I'm going to pause you now because you're going very quick. And for those people that don't read about Web3, blockchain so much, you use the word proxy. Now let's step back and explain quickly what does Origin do and then compare it to the Breitling case. And Vacheron Constantin does it too. And there's some brands now that say, hey, when we activate the digital warranty, up until a few years, it just talks to a server somewhere in the world. Yeah, so okay. it's not decentralized. It's not a third party. It's not anonymous, nothing. So tell me what Origin does and why it's light years ahead of what's in the industry right now. So what we do, we allow either the brand at the beginning, at the birth of the watch, mm-hmm. or a retailer mm-hmm. when the watch comes to the retail shop, or a CPO, a certified pre-owned company, to do it. So what we do, we take a picture in very high resolution of the watch, and we took it 360. So it's not just the, the it's not only the front, but it's the back, it's the angle. And we this is the that. box, right? This is the box. That's the box. So, so you guys it. created hardware, software, AI, machine learning, and these boxes will be at ACE this month or maybe beginning of June. Physical yes. boxes at retailers. Then what? So now, remember when you were kids, when we take the picture, we go extremely, extremely deep into the, the material. So the, the dial, the bezel, the crown, the back of the watch. We take 360 of that watch. We take more than 10,000 points of references. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you take this cup of coffee, when you take this piece of glass, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, piece of plastic, anything, when you go deep, you take, you go so deep in, in the micron, mm-hmm. then it's a landscape by itself. It's the infinite small. We take a picture of this, okay? And we create a digital certificate, a digital twin of the object, which technically becomes an NFT, okay? It's a non-fungible token uh, linked to a physical asset. And that is going forever. The only, the only way you can open the certificates is by using your telephone, smartphone. When you scan the product as a consumer, then it can open your own certificate, which is connected forever to the product itself. Even if the watch has been produced a million times, the one million time is always totally different from one piece to the other piece because we take so many uh, points of reference that we can we can track it forever, ever. So, so it's really the, the product itself that can open your certificates. Yeah. So you said very important things. 10,000 reference points. You guys using the marketing materials biometric. We had some discussions. Journalists asked me a lot of questions about it. I had a very good conversation with Daniel, the CEO of Origin Foundation. You're the co-founder. Daniel is the CEO. Also an amazing guy, smart guy. Goes very quick, but we need to take the speed down for those that have never heard of Origin, never heard of blockchain, Web3. So biometric is for living organisms. What Origin uses as a metaphor, it's the facial recognition software now security companies use when people walk by on airports they film you they can do facial recognition your apple phone when you open your apple phone it's facial recognition it has a lot of touch points and even if 40 percent is covered apple can technically say hey it's you because they're working now on software to open your phone when you have a mouth mask on i said with daniel daniel told me use the word microstructure so that's what daniel and Vincent mean when you zoom in enough on high resolution image, it's not microscopical, but could be when you zoom enough, you'll see on the Superluminova, for example, you'll see a mountain landscape. Whomever never done that, take your phone, guys. If you have a very new mobile phone, take a zoom picture of your watch, blow it up, you'll see structure. And that's what they do. Okay, now for those that are not tech-savvy enough. Why blockchain? Why an NFT? Why do we need all this mumbo-jumbo, as the non-believers say? Why? You know what? Find it on your own server. I understand. But we could stop the dis- as, as a discussion. We could stop here. Because, in fact, the biometry is, 
is really something that everybody understands. I would answer your question, but let me just give you one little story. It's a one minute story to really explain what do we do and what's the vision. And probably I already told you the story, uh, Alan, but imagine we are in Breda, south of Netherlands, small city like Neuchâtel, like Lausanne in Switzerland. In Breda, you don't have a, you had, you don't have a Louis Vuitton store, okay? Correct. You will understand why I'm telling this. Now we go to school and there are two girls, they are 15 years old, young, so obviously they, do, they don't look to have the money or at least for themselves to buy Louis Vuitton. And there is one girl coming with the Louis Vuitton bag. And the, the girl next to her, she has her telephone like everybody, 5.2 billion smartphone over, you know, in, in the world. The lady, the girl next, next to her, she takes the telephone and she scan the Louis Vuitton bag because she wants to know she's got some doubt. She said, come on. This girl is 15 years old. She lives in Breda. There is no Louis Vuitton store. Why the hell she has like a, 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 Louis, a Louis Vuitton bag? Is it like a real one? Everybody does. Everybody asks themselves, the, you know, that question. She takes the telephone and she scans the bag. And she says, because the app, the origin app tells you that bag is not registered. It's a fake one. Then I can tell you that the girl that has the bag will never come back the next day with the fake bag. It's over. It's what, what we say, it's game over. In, in that spirit, in that uh, story, we see that we are not fighting against the people, you know, like faking the bag or creating the fake, the counterfeit. We are in fact changing the game by uh, changing the mind of consumers. If, you, if, if I see you for the first time, you come with a richer meal on your wrist, you want to be, you know, I've got a richer meal, $120,000. And, and, and I am next to you and I scan the watch and I see that it's a fake, it's a fake richer meal. Man, the next day, in the next hour, you're going to remove the watch from your wrist because you look stupid. That's it. What we do is that Origin is bringing a universal app that you can see if the product is authentic or not. It's a little bit like Shazam for music, where we do it for luxury objects. End of story. So to, co to come, come back to your question, what is behind this? Honestly, we don't care. I I'm going I'm to answer the question, but we don't care. It's not important. NFT, blockchain, what the hell? Do you know, well, maybe you, but do you know how uh, uh, farfetch.com works really behind the scene, behind the behind the computer, you don't give a damn. You don't need to know. You just love 90% doesn't, 10% does. What I want to say is Origin has such a vision that it's light years ahead. We won't go into Definity right now. For all you techies out there, you can hit me up. You can hit up Vincent. We'll have the Origin team the coming weeks in Amsterdam. I'm in Geneva coming Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, meeting the Origin team every evening. Um, Hit us up with any questions you have. We can go into the nitty gritty. We have maximum 60 minutes. At 60 minutes, we cut off the line. We have a zillion questions. Should we just dive in, Vincent? Please. Because you and I are chatterboxes and we can talk for hours. <laughs> so that's a change. Should we just do Q&A and then find our road into explaining what origin is? Um, let me quickly scroll through. Oh, here. Melvin asked that question already. This certificate is based on biometric or microstructured data from the watch. What if a watch is repaired and parts are replaced? Or, in other words, the watch case is polished again. And that's why I put on this watch. This is this question. Thank you, Melvin. So what happens, Vincent? Yeah. So you have to, when, when we take, it's a little bit of what you said with the biometry in the mask, you know. Uh, if, if you have still enough points of references, the algorithm will tell, okay, it's, it's enough to say that this watch or that person in the biometrical face recognition is Mr. Vincent Ferriard or is a Royal Oak uh, from Audemars Piguet and that's the number. Because what we say, when we authenticate, when we, when, when we match a watch with a telephone, it doesn't tell you if it's a real or if it's a fake. It's much better. It tells you that the watch has been uh, minted 
So the, the watch has been assembled on October 18, 2016 at 2.35 p.m. by Michel Bracci, the watchmaker. That's what it so it's says. It's a birth certificate. It's a birth certificate. By the mother of the watch. Right, yeah. telling you who is, who is the father, who is the mother, telling you the whole thing uh, by, the, by the minutes. It's extremely precise. So to your point, when the watch, uh, when the watch over time, will change because you, bam, you get a scratch or, or you know, any reasons. Or you go back to the store and you want to repolish the bezel. Every time you do so as a consumer, as a client, we'll ask you to go back to any place where, first of all, where you purchase the watch. So it's either the brand directly because you purchased the watch online or it's a CPO company, could be a watchbox, could be that type of people, could be the jewel like you, Ace, so you go back to you. As, as soon as you go back to, say it's me, I purchased the watch at Ace three years ago. I want to change my dial. I have a blue dial. For some reason, I'm crazy. I want a green dial. And that happens for Onyx. We know that. As long as the jeweler is okay to do it, then what you're going to be doing, you're going to remint after you have done the service, after you have done the repolishing, after you have changed this or that, you just remint. So it means I that you take the watch. So if the you bell. take the if you take the bell curve, a little change, like scratches on the the curves of the bell, it's fine. It's the fine. You change the dial, it's in the middle of the bell curve. It's an identity change. You need to right. re certificate. It's it's pretty simple because over time including 10, 15, 20 years, huh? like long time, you scratch it, uh, you scratch it, the, the, even the color change of the dial, things like that. Then we, we take more than 10,000 points of references. Okay. So the system will tell you always, okay, 74% of points are there. It is technically or mathematically impossible that the watch is a fake one. This is the authentic watch of October 16. I get it. Boom. Let's keep going. Melv. If it didn't answer your question, please hit us up again. Um, here, he's here again. This is an old question. Is ownership also incorporated in the certificate? And if so, what happens when ownership is transferred to somebody else? Good question. Yeah, it's a good question. And, and, and the answer is that we, as a foundation, we are not a marketing engine. In other words, we are not, you know, this is going to be open. When you do, when you have an NFT, when you have a, a, a digital certificate, what we in fact have, we have an internet identity. We know it's like an IP, like, like with your computer. We, we can technically, I can tr trace you, I can track you, Alan, by knowing your, 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 your uh, number for the computer. It's the same for the wallet, we can uh, get in touch with you by your internet identity. But without necessarily your name, your telephone number, your, your first name, your last name, your country, we don't know that. However, and that's why you make a token to anonymize it. Exactly. It's anonymized. Now, we probably will have the option if the client wants to have that because he loves you, Alan, and he buys the watch at you. And because you, as a retailer, you decide to add a service on it and you say, if you give me your name, first name, and email address, it's just an example. If, in other words, you give me some uh, more information about you, then I'm going to offer you a service in two years' time. That's something we can imagine. But that's going to be not origin. That's going to be, first of all, if the consumer, the client doesn't want to answer, he doesn't have to answer. That's fine. It's going to be anonymous. So when you transfer the watch, you also transfer the, the certificate. So, so he has a follow-up question on that. How can he prove that he's the legit owner of the certificate? So I put on screen a sample of how the ACE X origin certificate will look like after it's minted. So you have a certificate. Well, you have the watch and you can transfer wallet to wallet, right? Yes, but remember, one, yeah, but remember one thing. It's like if you give me your, your IBAN number uh, of a bank, okay, then... I give you the money and that's it. I cannot take it back. Okay. Yeah. So an internet identity. So, you know, like the, the, this certificate, if I transfer you because you give me your number, your number. Okay. Then I transfer the, 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 the documents. So the digital certificates, which is technically an NFT and you get the NFT. 
you get the NFT as soon as you have done the transaction with me. Let's That's leave it, it at that. I have a zillion questions. Six more minutes. Antonia Islander writes, Alone and Age Jewelers did a platinum wedding bands. Excellent products and amazing service. Thank you, Antonia. Hope you're still happily married and it's a platinum marriage. She writes, I'm a corporate and tax lawyer that specializes the last year in crypto assets. Amazing. That is why I am super excited to view this live session on NFT. You are pioneer, guys. Awesome idea. Thank you, Antonia, so much for watching and sharing this with us. I saw you posted another follow-up question. Here it is. After watching the 45 minutes, she shot in another question. Will there be royalties paid on the NFT of the physical asset to origin with every resale of the asset? Good question, Antonia. Hold on. Where? I'm not sure to, to get the question totally. I do. I do. Quick, maybe hit me up, Antonia. I would love to spar with you. I'll send you also the article about Fratello watches that you've seen on screen. Technically not, because Origin is independent. So if and one day brands will want to do that, they can embed that into the certificate, the NFT, if it's produced, minted at the brand. Today, we're still at a retailer's level. So we're skipping the birth certificate step right now. But definitely, it will happen that brands will issue an Origin certificate with their warranty on day of production. I'm, I'm convinced about that. What is very interesting for you, Antonia, check out Origin because they have collectibles. They have intellectual property. They do physical art. They have scanners. They can, you can, guys can scan a whole Van Gogh, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's been happening already. So, Antonia, hit me up. I'll, I'll catch you up on that story. Um, I'm going very quick because we have amazing good questions. Um, let me see. Abdul asks, will NFT authentication help with the buying and selling process? as it makes it more safe for Pete to be buying something. Yeah. Abdul, rhetorical question. Both of us are saying, yeah. Yeah. So, good and, question. And, and, but, and that, but that's, that's the big thing, Alan. That's the big, big thing, because we think that it's going to change the way we do business of watches and luxury objects. Imagine in, in, a, in a 15 seconds, imagine that a retailer have a watch. He sells the watch. For like decades, he was selling a watch, and that's it. Now he sells the watch, and he can, he can he, he keep touch with, with the consumer. When the consumer wants to resell his watch, he can automatically on his telephone see the value of his watch. See, if it's a Rolex, maybe he purchased it for 7K, and tomorrow it's 14K. Boom, he has got a resell button. He hit the button. He goes back to the retailer, and the retailer will make sure that he can place that watch to another consumer, and boom, do a second-time business. It's a win-win. It's a win for and the To consumer. answer that question, so Ace Jewelers, from the moment we have the boxes, we're going to do a minting party for the press, a minting party for you guys, our loyal Ace ambassadors and collectors. You'll get it as a gift from me, the watches you currently have. And from the day we have the boxes, every item we're selling will be complimentary origin certificate for watches and soon jewelry and loose diamonds as well. And then I come to Bernard Verk's question. The Louis Vuitton yeah. scanning of the girl in the future. You have to scan all the products to tell all the details. When yeah. will be his reality? So, Bernard, it's already reality for physical paintings. Very, very soon for watches and more to come. Correct? It's, 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 yeah. it's a long journey, but Bernard is right. You need to mint the object at some time, and then you can you can match it some, some time later. That's it. But he's right. And it's a race, and it's a long-lasting thing. And this is why we are, as a foundation... We are like, it's, it becomes a big organization, not only for our luxury objects, but for art, for digital media, for collectibles, for many, many other things. Okay. I see a lot of good questions, but quick one, Daniel. Can you see a luxury brand fully committing to the blockchain-based traceability across a range? Impact for authenticity and traceability, gray market. I think the answer is very plain and simple. Yes. Yes. It's in their favor. No, it's, it's a total yes, but you, we all know here, the people probably listening to, we all know that the watch industry is slow and slower than a lot of different industries. So it's taking more time, but we see the markets, people like you, Alan, people like retail chains and, and like, you know, like and certified pre-owned businesses, they go fast, fast. 
Because, in fact, this is the end consumer who is asking for. When you buy a watch, you want to have a digital certificate that allows you to reset the watch. That's it. Vincent, I, I'm going to time out. One more minute. Amazing questions. Another one that's amazing. So many. Thank you all for watching, for the questions. If you want another session with Vincent, send us comments now or email us if you're watching or listening to this afterwards. Um, next episode is actually in two weeks with Gerard Nimbrings, also an OG in the watch industry, photographer and editor for Fratello Watches, our friends, the third Fratelli on the show. Vincent, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our dinner next week in Geneva. Vincent. And I really appreciate your passion and your enthusiasm. See you, you next week, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for everyone watching. Thank you for listening to Ace Jewelers Podcast. This was the end of the Aceless Live audio-only recording. To listen to more episodes or to view them, go to acelist.com. Thank you. <laughs>